630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 630 Chad. Still no score. San Francisco and the New York Mets, bottom of the sixth National League wildcard game. You can text 630-630. Mike Reed wrote, I Can't Make You Love Me by Bonnie Raitt. It was a big hit. There you go. The Big L says, skill testing question, Reed. How many country and western singers have gone on to play in the NFL? Well, Dolly Parton. <laughs> I, I don't know who's got... I didn't know somebody was an NFL player first and then a country and western singer. Has there ever been a country and western singer who then played in the National Football League? I, I don't think so. I think, the, I think the Big L's having some fun with us there. That's it. The only thing I can think of, Reed, is Garth Brooks. Didn't he not a tra- attend San Diego Padres training camp one year? Oh, I think he did. Yeah, Yeah. MLB. I think he did. (laughs) What was the... Why would that happen? I have no clue. I know Billy Crystal played for the Yankees one inning during Major League Baseball spring training. In spring training. What position did he play? I think they just let him bat. He's a DH. Oh, they just let him bat. One time, yeah. And, of course, Will Ferrell. That oh, whole every, he played every position. Was was that that was Cactus League, wasn't it? Yeah, every every place. Was that for Cactus League or the Grapefruit League? No, I believe it was Cactus. I think you're right on Cactus. Yeah, he played every position in a bunch of games. Yeah, played for a bunch of teams there, and yeah, that was actually pretty funny. I remember the the video. I remember when this was years ago. I mean, Letterman was on for a long time. He did a he he started doing this bit where, you know how if you watched Letterman, how he would just randomly get into stuff and bring up stuff every night the same thing but he started going he started saying I will uh, he goes I will pitch a uh, I will pitch an inning of scoreless relief that's what he would say he would say I I will pitch an inning of scoreless relief and he'd say like I'm not saying I'm not going to plunk a guy not saying I might not allow a walk or or a couple hits he was saying minor league but he was like I will pitch a a inning of scoreless relief. And then he, later on he changed it. He, he said, I will bunt successfully <laughs> for a minor league. Nobody ever let him do it, but I don't know if he actually wanted to do it. I think he just liked being goofy. But anyway, I remember that. Um, this texter says, Hi, Reed. If the Lucic McDavid experiment doesn't work out, what's plan B? Maroon, Pouliot, Maybe if he makes the team, Kajula could both keep up with Connor speed-wise and hockey sense-wise. Yeah, well, I mean, I think Maroon and Pouliot both had success with McDavid last season, at least for, you know, in in stretches. Now, unfortunately, I mean, McDavid didn't play the whole season. I I think that, yeah, those are both adequate plan Bs, but I I think Lucic and McDavid are going to work out okay. Kristoff says... Who uh, okay now this is the thing if it's a country star I I don't know unless it's somebody really big is there a and Christoph I don't know who Doug Supermaw is should I know who Doug Supermaw is 
I know a lot of country, and I've never heard of the guy before. So. Anyway, Christoph, who, who does, I'm pretty sure has texted the show before, says uh, Doug Supermaw's son plays for the Texans, and I believe Toby Keith was in the Dallas Cowboys training camp. Oh, I did not know that. I do know Toby Keith. Does he not have a lot of songs about alcohol consumption? Yep, he does. <laughs> I think, I think that, that's the generality of country. It's either you sing about your dog or sing about alcohol. <laughs> well, there are a lot of, uh, I mean, what are, what are most songs about in some form? Love or partying to some degree, right? Yep, yep. Those are the two basic themes of almost any musical genre. Love to some form, whether it's purely the physical act of love, falling in love, or having a broken heart. And then a lot of songs are about partying. Toby Keith, I, Toby Keith, I think, has more songs about partying than love. Uh, Doug, okay, here's the thing. Uh, Jay says, uh, Christoph wrote back to you, it's Doug, can you look this up? Doug Supernaw, S-U-P-E-R-N-A-W. I did not know who this, per- I'm learning a lot tonight on the show, which is fine. Uh, Doug Supernaw. Let's quickly check who this is. While you're doing that, Matthew, I will play this. Todd McClellan was asked when he knew Connor McDavid could be the next captain of the Oilers. When he returned last year to the lineup, and I think that first game back, he uh, he showed that he was ready to take charge and he was ready to play. And at that point, uh, uh, his play evolved. He was confident. Uh, the way he carried himself in the locker room, the way he interacted with his teammates, uh, through some of the um, meetings at the end of the season. Um, players that aren't ready don't share a lot. Um, he is very open with us, and we were open with him. And um, At that point, it was real evident he was ready to lead this group. Well, the Columbus comeback game for McDavid, obviously a huge one last year, and he scored one of the goals of the year against the Blue Jackets. Did you get that name? Yeah. Okay, so who is Doug Supernaw? He's a country superstar. He was a country music artist from 1993 to 1999. Okay, and now his son plays for the Houston Texans. I'm just trying to look this up, too. I don't see anything about... Uh, I don't know. He was arrested for intoxication, but that's about it. That's all I found in 2007. Well, if, if being intoxicated is illegal, you and I are going to have a lot of problems. <laughs> oh, here we go. Band called Supernaw is also the father of NFL tight end Philip Supernaw, who currently plays for the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans. There Tennessee we go. Titans. Okay. Well, Christoph, thank you for that. That is a nice little piece of trivia. All right. Uh, here's what we're going to do. Oh, we should do the 50-50 thing, eh, buddy? This is pretty cool. Um, before before we play it, Matthew, hang on. I want to give people the, some background. As you probably know, if, if you live in the city and follow sports to any degree, the Eskimos have this unusual schedule. They're in the middle of a 42-day stretch where they don't play a home game, which is pretty much unheard of in football. So their final game of the year, unless, unless they can get into a home playoff spot, which is unlikely, Saturday, November 5th, they're going to play the Toronto Argos. The 50-50 raffle is going to start with a take-home jackpot of $50,000. It's going to start at $50,000. The first 20,000 people through the gates will each get a free 50-50 ticket. Okay, gates will open at noon. Kickoff on November fifth is going to be at two, uh, and the last time there was this uh, potentially a, a huge draw was back in July of twenty fourteen. I'll get to that later on because we have another additional story about that. But Dave Campbell sat down with uh, Eskimos president Len Rhodes to to talk about this incredible 
50-50 raffle. First of all, we don't like those 42 days being on the road without a home game any more than our fans do. But we don't use excuses with the Eskimos, no matter what we're dealt with. If those are the cards we're dealt with, we tell the league what we like and don't like, but we do something about it. The 50-50 program, this is really unique because we've never done it this way. Mm -hmm. We are literally going to be buying $100,000 worth of 50-50 tickets, and in turn, we're going to give those tickets for free to the first 20,000 fans that come through our gates on November 5th. And hence, our take-home jackpot's going to start automatically at $50,000 before the game even starts. Mm -hmm. We're opening the gates two hours before kickoff, and the other 50000 out of that $100,000 goes to support amateur football across northern Alberta. So a win-win for win-win-win-win-win. That's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, now, tell me logistically and... I guess legally, because uh, I'm sure there were a few hoops you had to jump through and make sure that this was all possible, that you could actually do this. Tell me about that process. Yeah, well, I think we got uh, quite creative. Uh, we approached AGLC with a concept. Uh, they had never seen that concept being proposed to them before. Mm -hmm. And we said, at the end of the day, why can't we buy tickets and give them to our fans? Mm -hmm. And they said, well, it's not within the policy right now, but we're open to trying a pilot project this year with you. Mm -hmm. So they allowed us to choose one game and to go forward with this 50-50 uh, concept. So we've got the approval to buy tickets, the $100,000 worth that the Edmonton Eskimos are paying for. But the business model is actually quite interesting because when you look at how people reacted two years ago, mm -hmm. we just need to sell a few extra thousand game day tickets mm -hmm. and it's going to cover itself. And we know that based on history, we're going to exceed what it's going to cost us because we know how people respond to 50-50 here in Edmonton. Now, I just remember that night vividly uh, and talked with Connor Croken already and a very humble guy, won the big jackpot. But the buzz, because there was a carryover, right, yes. the, the week before? Yes. And the buzz going, what, what do you remember about that buzz? So the carryover that was not claimed on the previous game was 71,000 and some odd change. We had never experienced that before. We seeded the next uh, jackpot to start at 71000 and we were all estimating, what do you think it's going to be? I think the most optimistic actually was me thinking it could hit $200,000 take home. <laughs> I was far off. It hit 348000 I had ESPN call me, Sports Illustrated contacted me, telling me it was the North American record for 50-50. I had no idea. Let's try to break that record. Let's put Connor Croken up uh, in terms of being challenged now and seeing if we can do that. I also remember Dave, that same night, we didn't draw it until 2.30 in the morning because our printers could not keep up. Mm -hmm. And we've upgraded our equipment, but it was 2.30 when we drew that. We posted it on our website. Connor can tell the story better, but his buddy woke him up in the morning and says, hey, we bought our tickets together. Mine were just a few digits off. Let's check your numbers. And he won. He was waiting for me in the office when I came in the office the next morning at 8.30. He was waiting at our ticket office, and he showed us, and we verified the ticket, and the rest is history. That's it's a cool story, and like it I say, is. humble guy Connor is. Yes. So this 50-50 program, and I, I know when you launched the program, uh, I mean, th there's so many benefits to it. I mean, it's benefit to the club, benefit to amateur football. Uh, how much has this 50-50 program evolved, grown? The numbers have uh, grown significantly. When I moved to Edmonton in 2011, I went to the ju junior uh, hockey finals here in Edmonton, and I saw this phenomenon of 50-50, and they had it automated there. And I saw pull it, people pulling out wads of $20 bills. <laughs> and then I said, what do we have here in Edmonton? They said, well, we have the manual system. I said, immediately, we've got to upgrade. We automated it. Mm -hmm. When we automated in 2012, 
basically with the handhelds that the vendors use to sell the tickets, the numbers increased by about 40% overnight in terms of what the uh, ticket purchases mm -hmm. were. And then when we had the carryover, well, that just got completely out of control, <laughs> literally. And uh, we got so excited, but we learned from it. We upgraded our equipment. We have faster printers. What people did not realize is that when you buy a ticket, we also have to print another ticket in the control room mm -hmm. because that goes into the barrel where we do a random draw. So if you buy a series of 10 tickets, you get one sheet. We have to then print 10 sheets each for the series in the back room, and that's so it's a truly random draw. The integrity of the process mm -hmm. is very, very important. It's very cool to watch the scoreboard, and you know, when I'm calling a game with Morley, you know, sometimes I'll take a peek, and I, I think it's really cool to see that number keep rising. When I, uh, I always do my rounds before the kickoff, and I'm outside the stadium, inside the concourses. I love to meet and greet fans. I always look at the number on the screen to see what it's at. Yeah. And generally, you know, if it hits 25,000 before kickoff, it's going to be a good night. Mm -hmm. Then you know you're going to do north of 60, $70,000 and good nights on 100,000. The fact that we're seeding this and the take-home is going to start at $50,000 on November 5th, two hours before kickoff, we're opening the gates early. Who knows where this is going to go? You are in control, Edmonton, because it's going to be based on you coming to the game and buying more tickets. The always enthusiastic Eskimos president, Len Rhodes, telling you about that big 50-50 they're offering on the game November 5th against the Argos. So if you're one of the first 20,000 fans in the stadium, you'll get, a free you'll get a free ticket for the draw that's already starting at $50,000. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Esks.com, of course, for ticket information, and we'll have the game for you on 6.30, Chet. It's still a month away, though. The next game for the Eskimos is Monday, 9.30 pregame show, 11 o'clock kickoff at Montreal. Still ahead, a little more from Milan Lucic. You'll hear from the CHL Player of the Week, Sam Steele. And uh, some. Uh, where I think where I think Dave Campbell talked to, to uh, Connor Croken, who won that big 50-50 a couple of years ago. All ahead, Inside Sports on Chet. You're listening to 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. JT has texted 630-630. Toby Keith apparently played defensive end for a semi-pro football team called the OKC Drillers. He broke his ankle in a University of Oklahoma Sooners alumni game, and he sang a song about semi-pro means semi-paid. There's a little bit of an update from JT about Toby Keith's football career. I did not know that. I've learned a lot tonight. He Ma did make a song Ma called... Ma Matthew didn't know what to say. He was just going to be like, no, you haven't. You're still dumb. He did make a song called I Ain't As Good As I Once Was. Toby Keith? Yes, I Ain't As Good As I Once Was. The video shows him in a bar fight. What do you know? He's in a bar. Typical country Yes, music. I know what a bar fight yes, is. Yes. You know, like when you're in a bar and you fight somebody? Yes, thank you, Matthew. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, 8.24 inside sports on 6.30, Chad. So the Eskimos are going to have a big 50-50 on November 25th. It's starting at $50,000. Who knows how big it's going to get. The record got to almost $350,000 in July of 2014. It was won by Connor Crokin, and it certainly changed his life. Oh, it does. It's, it's uh, everything I have and own right now. It changed me. changed my life. It'll change someone on November 5th. 
That was July 24th, I believe, 2014, right? It was, yeah. It was yeah. my buddy's birthday, 21st birthday. I'll never forget it. <laughs> never, never get his birthday or that day. <laughs> no kidding, eh? So tell me about uh, when you decided you were going to go to the game, the process when you got to the game, waiting, waiting, waiting to find out whether you won or not. Well, it was really a last-minute thing. We were just, uh, well, there's a carryover at that small game. Let's go celebrate your birthday. So we got some tickets last minute, drove there, and... We were sitting up in the stands, and that 50-50 kept crawling. And I was like, I got a feeling, guys, let's go down and get some tickets. So we ended up waiting for a quarter and a half down here in, in the East Concourse. Mm-hmm. And uh, finally got up to the guy and bought about $120 worth of tickets and <laughs> forgot about them, really. And then the night went on, and it was raining all night. So protect those tickets in the back pocket. And then they re- released that they weren't going to announce a ticket holder because they were still organizing it all so mm-hmm. he went home not knowing and really I forgot about it so <laughs> until the next morning until one of my friends called me and said hey man uh, I know I bought right after you and I think think you won the tickets I was like well man what are you talking about <laughs> and I just called him to work so I was like oh well I don't want to go to work anymore so yeah I looked at my tickets and I'm still in shock of that day wow and, but the waiting to find out who won. I mean, like you said, you forgot about it. So clearly, I don't know, were you not that worried? Or you're like, oh, there's nothing I can do about it. If I, if I win, I win. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> it's all in uh, the 50-50 machine's hand, as you'd say. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just, you can't do anything about it. You just buy your tickets and hope for the best. Well, as you said, life-changing, huh? Oh, big-time life-changing. Yeah. Bought a house and now set up in financial planning. So that'll be good. Let's talk about your background a bit. Uh, big Eskimo fan? Yeah, ever since I've been born and raised in Edmonton, so it's all the football I watch. All right, good stuff. Connor Croken won $348,000, sorry, $348,534,000. Why can't I say this? He won $348,534 in the 50-50 in July of 2014, and the Eskimos are trying to top that on November 5th. Okay, I'm so giddy about the amount, I can't even get it out of my mouth. Here's what we're going to do. we got to do the news. You're still going to hear a little bit more from Milan Lucic, as we'll talk a little bit more about McDavid being named the captain of the Oilers. And Sam Steele from Sherwood Park, now with the Regina Pats, is the CHL Player of the Week. He was drafted by the Ducks back in June. We'll catch up with him. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chen. Still no score in the National League wildcard game. Top of the eighth, Giants batting. They do have a runner on second base with one out. That's been a pretty compelling game. The Blue Jays' exciting win yesterday. Edwin Encarnacion with the homer in the bottom of the 11th. Blue Jays in Texas get going uh, tomorrow afternoon game, 2.30 Edmonton time start. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. It's 8.35. Tomorrow we have a good old-fashioned hockey game, 5.30 face-off show. It'll start at uh, 7 with the play-by-play action. Jack Michaels, Bob Stoffer, Winnipeg Jets in town for a preseason tilt against your Edmonton Oilers who have named Connor McDavid their 15th captain in franchise history. He is the young captain in the history of the National Hockey League. Milan Lucic will wear an A and he was uh, talking about his previous NHL captains today. I've only played for two captains uh, with Zdeno Chara and 
Dustin Brown and you know two guys that have led their teams to uh, to, to Stanley Cup. So uh, and also two captains that aren't you know raw raw type of guys. And you know when I was just talking about you know guys helping out and 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 you know followers being the followers. You know there are guys around the room that are those type of raw raw type of guys, and there are those guys that are great at setting the right right examples and 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 being professionals. And I think uh, the captains that I've played for are have been more of that, those, you know, quiet, uh, intense leaders and, uh, you know, that have, have set the right example and have set the, the stage of, of how the team needs to play in order to have success. And I think that's the type of uh, captain um, Connor will be moving forward. And uh, like I said, I have uh, full faith in him that he's going to uh, do the job to the best of his abilities. Some comments there from Milan Lucic. He, Nugent Hopkins, and Eberle will wear A's with McDavid wearing the C. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk today, the, the way he sets an example, the way he works, the way he treats other people, all adding up to why he is the captain. It's certainly no surprise to veteran center Mark Letestu. For me, it was pretty, pretty expected. Uh, probably the worst-kept secret in, in this locker room. And, I mean, that dates back not only to you know this preseason but probably in the off season too and towards the end of last year i think he established himself as uh, not only our best player but uh, somebody that i think the rest of the room feeds off of uh, and if that wasn't obvious in his first game back from columbus uh, the lift that that he gives the team uh, just in presence i think it it shows that he's deserving of the captaincy here and uh, we all know he's going to be great at it. What is it about him that you know you think makes him a, a good leader and probably one who's even going to get even better as he gets older? No, I think he he doesn't try. He doesn't try to be a leader. I think he he just is himself, and I think that's uh, it, it comes through as very honest and uh, you know genuine to the rest of the group. Uh, you know he comes into it very naturally, whether it's the way he plays on the ice. Uh, you know, obviously the skill set and the highlight real goals, but. Uh, you know, he's not afraid to get on the PK and block some shots and sacrifice for the guys. Uh, you know, he's always there for us in any capacity he can be. So, again, uh, couldn't have picked a better guy in this locker room, I think. The age thing, he's the youngest guy in history. I mean, hockey's a game with players from 18 to sometimes their late 30s. Uh, does that dynamic figure in at all? How will, how will that work that he's, he's very young? Yeah, I, I think he... I mean, it's obvious that he's young. You just look at the number. Uh, but it's, I guess it is becoming a young, young man's game, everybody says. Uh, but there, there's some veteran leadership in this room. You know, Luch is here. He's, you know, he's got a Stanley Cup. The, you know, Hendo's been around. I've been around. There's, there's a lot of guys in this room that have been around that can help him and, you know, somebody for him to lean on. Uh, you know, by no means is he taking this on all by himself. You know, he's just the spokesperson for the room at this point. Uh, but there, there's a lot of guys in this room that can lead and do lead, even without the letters. So some thoughts there from Mark Letestu. I won't wear a letter, but I think he's also one of the guys that will lead. But as, as he referenced there, it was obvious to him even last season that McDavid has what it takes to wear the C in the National Hockey League. Another Oilers note today, goaltender Laurent Brassois and a couple of defensemen, Dylan Simpson and Jordan Osterley, going back to the American Hockey League. Ryan Nugent Hopkins didn't practice today, just a little under, uh, under the weather. But, uh, well, he might get the night off tomorrow uh, anyway, but uh, nothing serious with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. You know, I just, I just want to get to this other little clip I have here, Matthew. Rich Sutter, former NHLer, part of the famous Sutter family, was at the game last night, and I got to interview him during the second intermission. And uh, I wasn't sure this was going to happen today, but we knew it was coming soon. But I, I brought up with Rich Sutter 
McDavid and the captaincy. You know, I look at a young man like Connor and have had the opportunity to speak with him one-on-one two or three times in his first season. I uh, was actually in Toronto the night that the Oilers won the lottery and got to speak to him a half hour or so after that. And, you know, the biggest thing about this guy is... is uh, it's not that he's just a special hockey player. He's a he's a great young man, and uh, I think he's very mature for his age. He's still going to be a young man and go and have some fun and, and do what young people do, and, and that's okay as long as he picks his spots. But the biggest thing I like about Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid, uh, I don't think he's a real verbal guy. You know, he's not a rah-rah horny. He goes out and he lets his actions speak. And uh, to me... Um, when you can go and do that and have success that he's had so so young in his career, even in junior, then last year in the NHL, that you know he lets his actions speak, and and then that allows him to maybe you know when he does speak up in the locker room, you know, people can say, well, he knows what he's talking about, he's earned that right a little bit for the, to degree for now, and I think without any doubt. Uh, he is the leader going forward in this organization, and I, I spent time with Andrew Ferens uh, this past uh, uh, weekend and and spoke to Andrew a little bit about it. And and you know, uh, Connor's the guy going forward. He's the face of the franchise. He's going to be the best player in the world, if not the National right. Hockey League, very soon. So why not let him go? And and we're walking into a new building with a, a great young group of players. Uh, let this guy uh, be the captain of the ship. All right, so that's Rich Sutter, who's now doing some work, by the way, for the Columbus Blue Jackets. He just recently took that position. So some interesting thoughts there from him as well on Connor McDavid. can also tell you Tanner Pearson of the L.A. Kings has been suspended for the rest of the preseason and two regular season games for that headshot against Oilers defenseman Brandon Davidson on Sunday night in Vernon, British Columbia. The Oilers won that Kraft Hockeyville game by the score of uh, 3-2. to two. Uh, We were talking about the Eskimos 50-50 draw coming up. I can... Uh, also let you know well, I want to congratulate the Eskimos uh, Grant Shaw who has won the uh, David Boone award in recognition for his outstanding contributions to the community he's winning this for the second time he also won it in 2013 this was uh, awarded last night at the big Eskimos annual dinner so uh, good stuff there for Grant Shaw and uh, it's good to see that uh, Shaw and a lot of Edmonton Eskimos very active in our community it is 842 still the top of the eighth in New York and uh, the Mets and the Giants are tied 0-0 bases loaded now with two outs for the Giants we'll see if they can push one across by the way, more on McDavid on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. You can get audio there of my full one-on-one interview with Connor from earlier today. When we get back, we're going to welcome to the show, well, welcome back to the show, actually, Sam Steele, Anaheim Ducks draft pick. He plays for the Regina Pats. He's from Sherwood Park, and he had an incredible week in the Western Hockey League. We'll let you know what happened. <laughs> You're listening to 6.30 Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Well, this, this is another incredible baseball game tonight. So Hunter Pence struck out with the bases loaded. We're, I think we're going to see a new pitcher for the Giants. Uh, the uh, uh, Sind- Noah Syndergaard pitched seven innings for the Mets. Two hits, three walks, ten strikeouts. It's a real, really tense game in New York. Mets and Giants in the wild card game. Thanks for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 630 Ched. We'll have a hockey game in this time slot. 
tomorrow night. That'll be fun. Oilers against the Jets. They're playing outside. That's less than three weeks away, isn't it, Matthew? Are you going to that game? Winnipeg? No. Aren't you going on a little sports holiday right away? Yeah, it's a pretty big holiday. I'm going to see that Desert Trip concerts, and I'm going to see the Dodgers and the Nationals game three of the NLDS. Going to see the Rams and the Bills play in Los Angeles. And I'm also going to see Thursday night football next Thursday. The Broncos and the Chargers play at Qualcomm. So what, okay, so uh, you got the, the Rams game on Sunday. When's the baseball game? Monday. And when's the concert? Uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Okay, so you're not going to go Sunday. No, I'm going Sunday. We're going during the day. Oh, I see. It's at night, the concert. So we can make the trip. To, it's a 125 start in... Uh, in LA, so the concert doesn't start till six o'clock in Palm Springs. We oh, right. Hours, so, we got to drive two hours Co- back. It's Coachella, right? Yeah. Oh, a desert same trip. Lo- yes. Same, same location. location. They do Coachella or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then you're going to Thursday night football. Who is it? Broncos Chargers. Broncos Chargers. Okay. Chargers keep blowing late leads. Well, it's a cool trip, buddy. Hope you have fun. I, I will, for sure. It's going to be an amazing experience to see all these bands and to see an MLB playoff. Is this the one uh, McCartney and the Rolling Stones? Yes. Who else? McCartney, the Rolling Stones, Roger Waters, the Who, and uh, Neil Young. Great stuff, buddy. Yeah, excellent. Bob Dylan. Well, I'll miss you. Well, I'll miss you too, buddy. Well. I'll text you. Thank you. That's what everybody wanted to hear. Two yes. grown men missing each other on a sports show. <laughs> I'll miss you. Uh, tell you what. Sam Steele for the Regina Pats. What an incredible weekend he had. He's the Canadian Hockey League Player of the Week. He's a Ducks draft pick, and, of course, he's from Sherwood Park, and I'm pleased to welcome him back to the show. Sam, how are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, good to talk to you again, man. Quite a start to your season. You're the CHL Player of the Week with seven points in two games. Man, give me an idea of how come you were able to rack up so many points here. Uh, You know, I just came back, and... You know, I was feeling good, and the the team's been playing unbelievable. So, when you uh, can play with guys uh, and around a team that's doing as well as we are, it's uh, pretty fun. Sam, tell me a little bit about what September was like for you in terms of uh, you know going to Anaheim camp and then getting right back with the Pats. So, what was that whole experience like? Yeah, it was uh, definitely a unique experience. I've never been through it, so. Uh, you know, I didn't really know what to expect, but overall, I thought it was a it was a great experience for me, and uh, I felt I, I learned a, learned a lot uh, up there, and just uh, excited to you know keep going with the Pats down here. I mean, when you what was it like around the Ducks? Because I think they had eight players away at the World Cup, so maybe some of the the big names you've been watching on TV weren't around. What what was uh, what was that camp like? Yeah, you know, even even though the so-called uh, big guys weren't there. Uh, it was still a great experience uh, being around all those pros, and you know, I just tried to learn as much as I can from them. And uh, you know, it, it, like I said, it was a great experience. It was great hockey, fast hockey. So I was uh, happy to be a part of it. Did you ever feel young or inexperienced along the way? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's hard not to feel young when you're going up uh, against a guy that's played pro hockey for a dozen years. So yeah, it's. It was like I said, it was a great experience and uh, learned a lot. Well, what was the biggest change for you playing against older guys and probably bigger guys too? Yeah, it's just the overall strength and, and speed of the game. It's uh, it was a uh, a big difference uh, that I, it took a little bit of time to get used to. Did you play in any preseason games? Yeah, I played uh, one game in LA. And how did how did that go for you? Uh, I thought not bad. Uh, 
you know, I thought I did all right, but you know, just to, to get in a game was pretty uh, pretty special for myself, and I was uh, you know lucky enough to get in a game. Sam Steele from the Regina Pats joining us here on 6:30. Chad, tell me a little bit about the NHL draft. I mean, you and I did an interview about three weeks before the draft, and uh, you know, of course, I asked you, would you worry about where you're going to go, and you know, first round or not first round? You wound up going to Anaheim right at the end of the first round, 30th overall. What was your, what was it like being picked, and did you think Anaheim was that interested that they might snap you up there? Uh, you know, you, you never know what to expect when you get there. I, I just went in with the attitude of, you know, it doesn't, you know, everything that I could do was, was done by then. So it was just a, a waiting game. And, you know, I waited all night. And lucky enough, I, I got my name called by the Ducks. And uh, it was a really special moment for myself and my family. Do you remember, do you remember the moment of being drafted? Anything you said, anything a family member said to you? Uh, it's all, you know, it happened so fast and it's just a blur now, but, you know, nothing sticks out to me. It was just the whole experience was incredible. Okay. Uh, what, now that you went through that camp with the Ducks, did you get, did you get any solid direction from them where they said, Hey Sam, we're happy with this. Can you work on, on this a little bit? Can you, can you share any type of that, uh, direction that they might've given you? Yeah, I think it's, you know, for myself, it's, I think it's pretty common for a lot of young guys just get stronger and, and faster. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fast game up there and to be able to play at that level, you need to be strong and fast. So I think that's a things that I'm going to be working on. Okay. So you got to tell me about this. What was the time frame like transitioning from Ducks camp to playing for Regina? last week I, I i i think it happened pretty quickly didn't it yeah yeah i got in uh on thursday night uh pretty late and then we played friday so quick turnaround but uh yeah it, it was good all right so it wasn't like you're gonna get a day off or a game off eh? it was like <laughs> you got as much sleep as you could and then you were playing eh? yeah exactly yeah, can't take any time off Okay, uh, I, I know there's a, some pretty positive buzz around the Pats this season. Why are you optimistic about them having a good season? Uh, I know there's a lot of things. I think if you just look at our our roster, you'll see there's a a, a lot of good players. Uh, you know, speed and skill. But I think uh, you know the biggest thing for us is we got a lot of character in that room, and you know we have. Uh, you know, we're getting a lot of experience the last two years going to the second round in playoffs. So a lot of those guys are still here. So, uh, yeah, it's 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 a exciting time uh, around the organization. And we're just looking to take it day by day and, you know, play the way that we have been. Okay. Well, good start for you. Seven points in two games. Oh, I should ask you, uh, was there any uh, rivalry or chatter between uh, you and your uh, uh, your old buddy Tyler Benson that you went a couple of spots higher than him in the draft? <laughs> oh, no. No, not at all. It's just, you know, you you got to enjoy the draft there, and, uh, you know, we're good buddies, so nothing about that. Okay. Well, you guys both did very well, and you got a promising few, both uh, promising futures ahead of you both. Uh, give me the schedule for this week, Sam. When are you guys back on the ice? Uh, we're back Friday in Co- uh, against Kootenai and then uh, Saturday against Brandon. Okay. So, two big games. Perfect. And you're an alternate captain for this season? 
Yeah, that's correct. How do you uh, how do you like wearing a? I mean, it's a big story here in Edmonton because McDavid's the captain. How how do you like uh, wearing a letter and being part of the leadership group? How how do you approach it? Uh, yeah, I think it's it's an honor to to wear a letter. Um, there's a lot of great players in the room, and like I said, a lot of guys with a lot of character. So to be you know given an A, uh, take a leadership role. It's it's special and something I uh, don't take for granted. That's for sure. Right on. Hey, Sam, it's great to catch up with you. I hope we can do this again this season. Outstanding start to the season. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sports. All right, thanks for having me. Great to catch up with Stan, uh, Sam Steele from the Regina Pats. We'll have a WHL segment every week here on Inside Sports. Uh, Madison Bumgarner did pitch the eighth for the Giants. He allowed a base runner, got out of it with a line drive right back to him. So Bumgarner, eight innings, four hits, six strikeouts. Syndergaard pitched seven, struck out ten. They are scoreless going to the top of the ninth. Giants and Mets in a great wild card game. Of course... McDavid, the new captain of the Oilers, get more on the 630 Ched website, including audio of my one-on-one sit-down interview. It's always a sit-down interview. Maybe I should start doing all stand-up interviews uh, with Connor McDavid is on 630Ched.com. Thanks to our guests tonight. Besides Sam Steele, you heard from Mark Kennedy, Kevin Carius, and, of, of course, all the McDavid comments as well. The producer of the show is Dave Campbell. The studio producer tonight, Matthew Panashik. Tomorrow, Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2. I'm back on at 5.30 tomorrow for the face-off show. The game between the Oilers and the Jets will start at 7 right here on 6.30 Chet. Thanks to everybody who texted and called tonight. Definitely a fun time of year. Always good to talk to you guys. I'm Reed Wilkins. Have a wonderful hump day night. And whose fault now you're thinking there's nothing to prove. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.